and even uh, we know we've all played with a lot of musicians. Most 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 dudes aren't aren't gonna do the type of shit. No, I can't they. imagine like um what like Rufus Wainwright like coming to play in the park with like six roadies, and you know someone yeah. to fix his hair. Like you can't have that. This is high decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hello, my lovely live music-deprived people. You're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in New York City and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia, and right now you're hearing King Crash, who I have seen around McCurran Park, as well as at Pony Boy in Williamsburg, who I had the opportunity to speak with uh, in their rehearsal space the other day. Uh, but before that, uh, I just want to remind you that you can follow the show at High Decibels Pod on Instagram to see our grid, stories, highlights, uh, and High Decibels Pod on Twitter and Reddit as well. High Decibels Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. We have some interviews there uh, via Zoom, but they're also on our, on our IGTV. We've got pics, clips, discussions, and more. And also, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Our link tree is on our Instagram at High Decibels Pod. You can find us on uh, your preferred platform. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful for the show. Uh, but most importantly, please share it with people that you know who also love concerts, raves, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and are feeling really deprived right now and just kind of want to get an idea of what's going on out there, if anything at all. The good news is that at least in New York, things are. Everything looks very different right now, but I've covered that already. You're aware of it. But um, I always like to uh, to dive in into uh, various aspects of the, of the live music scene and, and how artists here are carrying on. And uh, this is the show where you can find that, uh, at, at least in, in this city, um, which, if you don't live in this city, might then propel you to find similar opportunities in your city. Um, because if you do have any kind of, uh, you know, arts community, um, I guarantee you that that something in some iteration is happening because it is just simply an artist's life, life's blood uh, to do. Uh, anyway, word of mouth is key on these things. So uh, please tell people about us. So like I said, this episode features an interview with a New York City-based band, King Crash. There's a lot of New York City-based local bands right now, so why this one? I'll tell you why. What set this band apart for me, it's for the simple reason that they really, more so than any band that, that I have personally encountered, they put themselves out there, really in a way that, that most bands do not. Uh, and that's certainly not a judgment uh, on any other band, but but any opportunity that they were able to get, uh, they played at Culture Lab, which I, I have brought that up before uh, in the past. That, that was a, um, a large outdoor space where in warmer weather people were able to, to listen to bands uh, socially distanced. Uh, and like I said, they also made it into Pony Boy when we had a very short stint uh, in New York City of indoor dining and I'm sure that they would have done more um, but then you know back to the outdoors they go 
and this band has found outdoor space to play in literally every weekend. It's it's really impressive if you think about, you know, the stuff they have to carry around, all the hassle, and, and, and we'll get into that in the interview. Um, and they fill this need in doing so, uh, fill this need to, to for the public to hear live music. And I love that they're doing this, so I had to talk to them. Uh, you guys, I have talked a lot on the show about this, and I guess I just can't talk about it enough because I keep bringing it up. Uh, but that need for the public to be able to gather and to be able to listen to music and, and get in touch with that part of our being. Uh, this is a lot easier for, for DJs to accomplish for a variety of reasons, which we covered that in our last episode with the DJ Act Pinegasm. We're very charitable in that assessment, but uh, instrumental music really does suit a certain need, something about that organic touch of hands on instruments, you know, of live voices, that, that human experience is, is not totally digitally rep- replicable. So thank God for the bands that are willing to do it. And, and in New York, King Crash, as far as I know, is the number one example of this. Because while they'd love a booked gig and, uh, and they have taken the opportunities as they came, if there isn't one in lockdown times, these guys just go out and make it on their own. And that's what makes what they're doing very special. Um, Speaking of lockdown times, things are a little bit rough around the edges these days. And as such, we had a little recording snafu when I interviewed the band. Two of the band members are, are a bit harder to hear. Um, of course, I was very upset about this at the time. And I imagine the band was probably wondering, why is this woman melting? And I'm like, well, you know, kindergarten, I skipped over first grade, put right in second with children who were suspicious of the validity of my presence, which amounted to a tremendous amount of pressure and a good old case of imposter syndrome where I felt like I really had something to prove and this is something that carried on for the rest of my life, which is why I get very stressed about something I work hard on that doesn't go well. I'm kidding. I didn't actually tell them any of that. <laughs> it's enough that I think I'm just an anxious person. <laughs> they didn't need to think I'm crazy on top of it. I have the stuff I just say for entertainment purposes. Not that there's a grain of truth in it, but, you know, time and a place. Anyway, all right, now that I've guilted you, uh, I hope you'll be forgiving about the audio here and, and give it a listen because truly uh, all these guys had some great insight and input as to what it looks like to be a band in New York City trying to function in the most historically challenging time for performing artists to do what they do in our lifetimes. If the book ever gets written about what the New York City live music scene looked like during the time of the pandemic lockdown, by golly, this band 100% must be in that book. So with no further ado, please enjoy my interview with King Crash. I am here with King Crash in their rehearsal space. They were so kind to take out a little bit of time for me just as they were wrapping out tonight. Uh, wrapping up tonight, I can speak. Uh, with me, I have Rubio, drums, uh, Jack Redford, bass, and Ryan Shivdasani, guitar and songwriter. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing tonight? Good. Lovely. How was rehearsal? It was good. Yeah. How was your New Year's? You guys do anything? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do anything. I played These guys are gone. So. With my girlfriend's family. I'm sorry. What is it called? Charades. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, charades. I like that. Okay. I'm really appreciative that this band took the time to talk with me uh, because in my mind, they are truly the busiest and hardest working local band in New York City right now. And that is just the truth. And if I can just ramble here for a second, 
Uh, Ryan, I know, is bugging the, the shit out of you on DM, but I had to nail your band down uh, because what this podcast used to do, as people who know listen to it, is what we used to do is we would uh, cover a concert from beginning to end. So not just like the band that we like and the music they played, but right from the get-go, walking to the venue, this is what security is like, this is what you can sneak in, these are the best drinks, this is uh, the deal with the light and sound. All of that went away. And so what this became was we started inter- uh, interview artists and ask them how they are managing to keep on keeping on during this time. Uh, which, as dismal as this may seem right now, is actually, if you think about it, kind of historical. And maybe someone will write uh, a book about this scene in 20 years from now. Who knows? It could happen. Um, and in that, in that vein, what, what King Crash is doing is very, in my opinion, is, is thematically important. Uh, even if you don't see it, because a lot of bands just gave up performing, um, I I would say most, uh, which you would expect. And and this sort of uh, resurgence of of bands coming from um, the sort of DIY perspective and and just simply making it happen with what they had, uh, to me, is highly... It's relevant because it exemplifies tenacity, which people have had to have in 2020. And uh, you must also know from your sets that people crave what you have to offer. Uh, DJs are great, but sometimes you, you want to hear a band. Uh, you just do. And uh, and I feel like you've sort of uh, filled a niche there. Um, so initially, I, I don't know exactly how I found you. I think it was on Instagram. I don't know how. But I first saw you playing in McCarran. For those who don't know, that's a park in Brooklyn. Uh, hot tip, go to Instagram, visit your local park. That's how you find these guys and people like them. Um, and then at a venue near there called Pony Boy, uh, I saw you guys play... Um, that show i'm gonna back it up a bit though um i'd like to just get into a little bit how you started as a band uh, i know ryan you were born here you went out to california for a while most of your life yeah, and came yeah, and then came back yeah. um so what what are the what are the origins of this band and and how did you find each other well i mean this is this band for me it's it's i've been writing songs and kind of say storing them up for a number of years. There goes the light. <laughs> um, we were just in the dark for a second, guys. It's fine. I just basically put 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 a band together to play my own songs. I've been playing a guitar player my whole life, um, and then finally put a band together for my own material instead of playing whatever else I was doing. And and your style is, I how you describe it. I guess well yeah like we say psych. It's very sixties, so we say psychedelic uh, soul, psychedelic rock, soul, and funk. Jack and Rubio, how were you found? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rubio was through a connection. He, we had a, a backup bass player. We were another band. We were a different band called the Merrymakers Orchestrina. Okay. Um, and actually, we only became Kring Crash the first day we went out during COVID and started playing. So uh, how did that happen? How did you go from being one band and now everything's locked down and everyone else gave up and went to a depressive hole and you started playing? Like, what happened there? Well, we um, we have Rubio, who's who's new with the band. So, and we just sounded a lot different. And we had, th- we had three albums out there that hadn't really gone anywhere. Um, we're using a lot, some, some of the material from that. We have new material. We have all this other stuff. And we just, dis- we just decided we should just be a new band. Oh, another problem was the name. The Mary Mercury Orchestrina was just not sticking. I was sick of repeating myself. I still saying, can't remember what it is. No you one told ever me can. four times. And it's been, it's been, you know, it was a terrible band name. I mean, I don't, I don't personally hate it. The, 
for what it is, but for people to remember, remember Marketing. it didn't work. So King Crash was easy because two C sounds. It was bar- just for practical reasons, really. And then um, we, I just bought a generator. I said, let's just go play in public. <laughs> You was know? it were these guys like yeah or were they like eh? they were kind of <laughs> I don't know I guys I was a bit mm, I don't know about Rubio I was yeah yeah Rubio was down yeah I was yeah from the beginning the only thing was like they have a bass player here too that's one of the reasons that we didn't start like right away from like when COVID started because he wasn't even upstate so we were both into like yeah wanted to do this but when the bass player comes down then we were able to do it so. When he was able to drive down and stuff, yeah, we started. Were you guys kind of one of the first? We were the only ones doing it. What was the reaction to you when you were playing out? It was really nice, actually. Like we, we, we the first jam. Well, first we tried it in a park and we got kicked out of the park. But I was everybody, ask you that. Yeah, yeah, but everyone said the people still liked it and they said go down to the street over there on Barry and uh, the streets close off. I bet you can play there. So we went and did set up there. And I just remember this. This was cool. Like playing, I was kind of looking down and everything. And we finished our warm-up jam, and then suddenly you heard a bunch of clapping. We look up, there was a whole crowd of people across the street, and uh, you know who loved it. You know, so it was. And it was really. It was really. Uh, it was actually an experience that we never got playing in venues. Really. Did you Did you tell people who you were, and then like got a following? Like, yeah, are people coming so to we, see you? So we had like, f- well, yeah, they do. We have some that would come back. Most of the time, we're getting just new passerbys when we do it, uh-huh. and it depends on the day. There's some days have been great. We'll have like a hundred people standing there. Uh, some days, not so much. Uh, the weather has a lot to do with it. Okay, so you guys have never gotten any like real big trouble. It's just been like pack it up. Like they don't give you tickets That's or anything like that. That's the most anyone's done. Yeah, okay. and most of the time they, that never happens. In part, the we've noticed. What's up? They just move you on. They're like, oh, you can't play here. There's blah blah blah. So the policy as to why you can't. Okay. Okay. And it's mostly parks. You mostly get kicked out of parks on streets. Yeah, I heard Tompkins was kind of bad with it. But that's, there's, it's like. We've never even played it, have we? Bands do play in Tompkins, but it seems like oftentimes they they get the boot. Because Uh, it's a more, I don't know. It's just different from McCarran. McCarran's more spread out and like, I just feel like you can get away Well, no, McCarran, you get kicked the hell out. We don't, we don't get away with, we got away one day in McCarran when they had the election. Because the, it was it was just it's like flooded come on, with people. it's yeah, the no election. One, no one they did this, so they let that dis, reboot dis dance dance party thing happen, and not you. You know what I'm talking about? Where they oh, like yeah, have no. that dance oh, party and the that big was, That was an annoying thing that happened actually. So they we, let them? Did they let no, them? Because we, pass, but not you. Yeah, they did, and like that was something that happened. We started doing this, and then all of a sudden, we, like there started being a, a vigil or something in there. Oh, I, I know. And there was a, you know, and we were, well, suddenly we weren't, we weren't allowed to do it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yo, we were the ones that were. We were, for, well, we were the pioneers. Yeah. And, and really we, well, I don't want to say all that, but, but people oh, liked you, us you a lot. You say know, all we, that. We were good. <laughs> so, yeah. So speaking of people liking you, um, so what, what about, what are some like interesting people that you've kind of met along the way? Like fans, like if you had any like fans that are just like, you can tell they were just inside for way too long and just really. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like, you. that's many, many people, like, you know, like right away. Acting a little nuts. I mean, for, in the first few times we played every show or whatever, well, we thought we were busking, but people were referring to it as, as outdoor concerts, you know? So that's they, we had. Yeah. And yeah. And we were playing full sets. We had, so we had all this stuff prepared. 
that we had nowhere to go during regular times because venues like really we were we were ready for the type of gigs that mm-hmm. you just can't get out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was really it's been kind of a frustrating thing for the last five years trying to get trying to get the band off the ground. Mm-hmm. So this really suddenly opened the door where we could we were getting noticed all of a sudden, you know. Who's like the craziest person in the band? That, no, that that like has showed up to a we show. We haven't had that many crazy people. You never had any like Jimmy. Jimmy. Who's, I mean, who's that? This is old dude that used to be like, oh, you guys, great man. Like, I mean, they're not really crazy. Like, all the shows, you know? like, oh, he yeah, talks he to you about the '60s. Yeah, oh, bless. We've got a lot of that. Oh, that's dope. There was the guy at Coney no, Island. Really? Oh, see, this is the kind of story I want to hear. <laughs> what, the Coney Island? Well, just like, yeah, like these awesome. kind of characters. Like, yeah, Coney Island like had about some to cry characters. when we were going to stop. Like, oh, my you know, God. I really felt that. You, like, you guys were awesome. We were, I mean, we were making fun of him for a while. Like, in this a nice, matters in a loving pe- way. This matters to people. Also, <clears throat> I think we were giving them a kind of show that they, d- they don't usually get. Even ever, you know? Cause, yeah. Because because of your band, extended jams. Well, because of our extended ability and and the fact that bands that are are as developed as we are don't really have the outlets set in place because we we spend all our time playing and working on our music, and then we can't compete with people who are doing the other stuff who haven't developed the music as much. Okay. So, um, I mean, the jazz scene has more than us for sure. And the, but that's a small world, and that's specific, and that's hard to get into too. But as far as rock goes, I don't know. To to have a band that's as developed as we are is 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 different. Okay, I got you. I'm gonna ask you more about that in a second. But before I do, we're we're talking about the gigs that you've played. Um, I was saying earlier that I um, one of the the first times I, I think the second time I saw you was at Pony Boy. And um, we used to do this uh, mini segment. We would interview artists, um, and we would call it, it was good for us, how was it for you? Um, obviously, that show was great for us, or we would not be in this room right now. Um, it was it was odd. Uh, it was like an indoor gig, so we were all at these, like, spaced-out tables, and it was very 1952. Um, it, how was it for you? Was that weird being inside? Like, was it the only indoor one you were ever able to do because – and our dining was so short-lived. How was it for you, that gig? It was different. Uh, sound is different inside. We didn't. It didn't. Didn't. Uh, outside sounds really good for whatever reason. It's a. Uh, it really, really kind of works. Especially the way we play. We we play pretty loud, and it just kind of goes out. Inside it gets a little boomy. There's always acoustics you have to think about. And then we also had to think. All of a sudden, we were having to answer the venue owners. And so we had to play <laughs> soft for the for the beginning, and there were people eating and stuff. So it was it was different. It was definitely different. Oh, you were they were calling you incidental to the food. Oh That's yeah, That's what they yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. How dare they? Well, no, I, it was okay, <laughs> but it was an adjustment, you know. And yeah. It, you know, we and we we tend to just do what we do. Usually, we've really gotten used to that and, and like it outside, you know. And, yeah. And, and it's fun. It's fun also in the way that we don't we don't have to think about what anybody says because we're the only people. What was the indoor gig a one off? Yeah. Yeah. It was. And it seems like you you don't seem too sad about that. No, I mean truthfully, we made less money than we usually do. Okay. 
and we got less followers and uh, yeah you people know. were there to like have yeah. dinner well i mean <laughs> it was cool it would have been cool if it was a regular thing you know because then they keep like a, seeing a us, residency you know. if you will yeah, yeah you know um that being said what are like the biggest challenges besides being shut down playing outside does anyone ever bother you press you or i don't know what there might maybe there's some sound challenges yeah, he lived right there or whatever. No, no, no. Oh, Which one? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, <I've been laughs> the last guy. The, uh, this person lives off McCarran Park. Oh, yeah, that, he yeah. Very that Good guy Lord, what does this person annoying. expect? Like, yeah, he was. Which we don't do for that reason. Yeah, it was like. Early and he's complaining. We're like, well, okay. <laughs> well, did he just shout no. from his window, or did he actually come down in his bathroom? Down. Yeah. Wait, he did actually wait till we finished. Sometimes you get these people that like come and shout at you when you're playing. Yeah, we we that's, that's the. Okay to do that. It's like, yo, oh, stop playing, stop playing. It's like, you know. Are you serious? Time. Yeah, yeah, we've had that a few times. Or actually, well, the best thing is when they're they're doing they're f coming to do that to remind us that they're doing their vigil or their little protest <gasps> oh. next door. And it's like, yo, why oh, is your why okay. is your shit more I important see than us? Okay. It's been both of these things. It's uh -huh. been it's been random. Ran, it hasn't been a lot, but yeah. it's been. But I'm I'm saying when it when it happens like that, and when they're when they're they're always very rude about it. You know, yeah. they they don't they so really. What do, you, what do you do? How do you respond? We are pretty. The last time, I tell you, I felt good. The guy was really angry. He's trying to shout at me. Oh, in Central face. Park. There was yeah, he was on a bike, and he's an older guy, and he was like getting in my face, and I just said, "Go away." Yeah. <laughs> That's all I said. And he, he was like, fuck you, and he went off. Right, he, like, he flipped. I'm playing, I don't want to get riled up. I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to play. But what, I just actually want him to go away, so I said it. And he did. But that was that was a big moment and a big step for 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 all of us, but for Jack as well, because we, we responded badly before to it. Oh, wow. You know, like, it's, a, it's hard to... You know, we're out there doing whatever we yeah. want, and then we don't have any... You know, if someone bugs us... We don't mind getting there's pissed less, off. Yeah, there's less of that sort of, like, crowd control. For me personally, and I think these guys too, we, it doesn't bother me if people are doing whatever they do outside. We're just there. Yeah. What's, what's annoying is when they assume they can tell you something. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, when they get you know, nasty, yeah. you know? And, like, I mean, it doesn't go very far. It never goes that far. Okay. I mean, we're, we're no as well, so it's like if someone You just drown people out. Drown yeah. Out. Which, they they I mean, can go off. Like, if we play in parks or streets, like, it's not like... I feel like people can just walk off and they don't, they don't like it. Yeah. You know, so it's, I don't really think it's such a big deal. There so was there's one incident, and there was one incident, and where we... <laughs> but the one, the, the one, the main one I think about is the one by the Whole Foods. What happened? And Well, this guy came down and started yelling at Jack. Like, just oh, really... It seems like everyone right. yells at you. Yeah, no, they go for him all because he's... I'm always the closest one. Yeah, he's the uh, I mean, he's the bass player off to the side. I'm okay. I'm on the mic. Rubio's behind the drums. He's yeah. He's you're kind of hard to get at. Yeah, and well, you're well, also carrying like, something that you could hit someone with. Yeah. <laughs> People are scared of. Rubio. So what happened to Whole Foods? <laughs> well, he was just an asshole. He was. Yeah. Well, you actually you you go ahead. <laughs> well, I brought it up. 
It's not a fun story because Jack lost his temper. No one likes to talk know, about when they lose their temper. Like, real, I want to be about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing happened. Nothing. Like, really, but it's just a lot of shouting. You got real yeah. mad. Yeah. yeah. This guy came and he was screaming at me. Like, oh. he wasn't just like, hey, stop. He was like, literally screaming about his account. Like, shut up. In my face. Yeah, it was. Uh, was this a Whole Foods in Brooklyn and Guam? Jack tried to hit him with his base. <laughs> oh, Williamsburg. Okay, that is so wild to me. Well, like on on a lighter note, like um, challenges. You ever had any like technical challenges with your sound? Your fingers get cold or? That's la- as of late. Until now, I mean, we didn't think we were gonna play in the winter time. But we you are. Playing, but we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's starting to happen. Okay. Have to deal with that. Wow. So like everyone that's listening, just be mindful of these sacrifices that are being made. That's. I don't think I would have the patience. We might get space heaters, is what we're thinking. You know, we're trying different stuff. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, that sounds a great idea. Maybe um, I don't know. You could crowdfund them or something like that. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, like, shout out your Venmo at the end. Um, but, yeah, like, what you do and, and then the shit that you put up with, which I, I guess I kind of maybe subconsciously figured on, but you're making it seem very real now. It's very much appreciated. And, like, the, we had a DJ on uh, last episode who said, you know, I have to do this because it's, like, oxygen for me. And I said, well, you know, because uh, he, he's doing parties and whatnot. And... Um, I said, well, you know what? It's oxygen for the people that are listening to you, too. And, you know, at the risk of sounding a bit hippy-dippy for the non-religious <laughs> of us, <laughs> you're too late, um, it's kind of like church for us. It's that release. It's that community. The music uh, hits a certain part of the brain. I don't know if you've ever read the book, like, This Is Your Brain on Music, but there is, like, definitely, oh, yeah. like, neurochemical. Of, like, I'm like, I'm not surprised, actually, that you've read it. Um, and that's a, No, that's a compliment. Um but that there are definitely like neurochemical ties to hearing music and you're doing that and you're gathering and you're moving your body when you've been cooped up all day. Like it's very important to people. So, you know, hopefully uh, when those when things do get real dicey for you like that, that you sort of have it in your hearts that you're you're doing a public service, basically. Um, why? Why do you. With all of that being said, there's there's all these other factors, you know, uh, pandemic, this and that. Oh, it, you know, dealing with the bullshit you deal with. Why do you, why why are you guys doing this? And like other bands, are you just stubborn people? I mean, like why- quite honestly, it's not a lot of bullshit. It's it's really more. It's been it's been pretty great. So why why are you guys? I think people doing are this afraid and other are, bands just aren't. Are they just well, afraid? I think it's, it's it's I mean, it's very scary to start doing it. What is like, scary about it? I mean, you just have to set up in, b- in front of a bunch of random people, not knowing how it's going to go over. Yeah, and also, and also, maybe they don't have material like that to be playing. That's the hours, that's the hours, truth. You know? Oh, I forget so the how you guys play such long songs. You know, say, like just setting up here, cops or whatever. But also, they're afraid because they don't have the material and the, and the whole thing about yeah, we can be here the whole day and not sound boring or whatever. You know. I mean, you it's, know, it's like they're just everybody's accustomed to just playing. This that's a really yeah, good point. Yeah, and the truth hour, is. You know? so, uh, what we what we kind of really like people to notice is that the reason we are be able able to be successful with this, and there are other bands that could too, and other people could, and I w- and we actually like this this uh, whatever platform just uh, scene. I don't know how that works because it is if a scene. someone if someone gets if someone is really good, they can be successful with it. But if you're not, you you won't. So it it kind of puts. Um, 
the pressure on the artist to actually actually be good instead of the marketing aspect of it and the promotional aspect of it. Like there's a lot of things involved of us pulling up in the place. Like we need to go here, carry all this stuff, get in the car, play it there, the cops show up, we need to set all this stuff down, put it, you know, so that's, I was talking about the reason that maybe not many people do it too, you know? Yeah. Because right. it takes like, it, it's when you go to a venue, you just pull up to the venue, play your hour and go out, you know, like we need to be there like four hours, three hours, you know, we set up, we play a couple hours and we get all this shit down, go to the car, drive, you know, there's a lot of things going on that, that people might not realize, you yeah. know, just think like we need to carry all this shit, yeah. right? nobody's doing anything for us, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's a little harder to be doing that every week, you know, so that's maybe one of the reasons too that people don't do it, you know, it's just, it's a pain in the ass, you know. And this is true. Like all three of us are, are pretty tough guys. Which, and even uh, we know we've all played with a lot of musicians. Most 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 dudes aren't aren't gonna do the type of shit. No, I can't they. imagine like <laughs> um what like Rufus Wainwright like coming to play in the park with like six roadies, and you know someone yeah. to fix his hair. I mean, we're, like we're, you can't we're, have we're that. Dragging heavy dragging equipment the shit, the into the middle. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know and. So, and also, like I said, some of the times, like when the cops show or whatever, you need to grab all this shit too and go to another place and do it all over again, yeah. you know? So, mm-hmm. you have that mentality of, yeah, I want to do this this bad that I'm able to yeah. like, no worry about all the shit that I wanted to do, you know? But yeah. it's not, it's like, it looks, oh yeah, they're just doing this or whatever, yeah, but you don't know all the shit that we have to do to be here, whatever, you know? So. And that's, that's the stuff that's actually the hardest. So I know I know you guys want, and this makes sense, you want to stand out, but at the same time, you know, there is something to be said for having a community. Um, I was talking to friends, and we were noting how over the summer, uh, you know, groups of DJs would rent out these sort of large outdoor tent spaces. I can't say where they were, but it happened. Uh, you know, mast and distance, of course. Um, we didn't see bands doing that having that kind of collaboration there's is there one a- place that it's it's happening is uh the culture lab and we played there a couple times you play culture lab yeah. oh i didn't We're know that play there on the 22nd wait they're still having bands play they're that's the live stream now. though they're right doing it inside now live stream yeah but there i think there's audiences inside too i'm not sure see i've been to culture lab and and that was where i found uh, another band that that we had talked to strange magic but in terms of like Okay, so for example, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this documentary, but if, if you haven't, I really highly recommend it. It's called Desolation Center. And apparently out in L.A., uh, you and I were babies uh, in the like 1982 to like 1986, they were constantly getting shut down. The punk clubs were constantly getting shut down. The cops hated them. So what they ended up doing, these bands would get together, Sonic Youth being one of them, and they're like, well, fuck this. We're going to have a concert out in the desert. And that's what they did. And um, that was all kind of pre-Burning Man or whatever. And, and actually, whoever started Burning Man, I can't remember his name, was sort of inspired by it. I guess what I'm wondering is, like, would we ever see – and I see DJs kind of doing that now, and I understand they have different logistics. They don't have to carry all the shit that you have to carry. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's, there's a whole organizational level to that that we have not, we have not gotten to that point where, you know, we can Do you get, think that's something that might ever happen? Um, what Actually, what I think for us – I can imagine it happening, but um, and I would love to be part of it. Yeah. Um, but what I think of doing, honestly, I've thought I thought beforehand is is just showing up to festivals or showing up to Burning Man and doing what we're doing already, just right there. Yeah. With the and just doing it anyway. I, I like that we just come in and just freaking do it without anybody knowing <laughs> what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, that. Uh, that's been our favorite shows have been uh, ones we 
didn't plan on doing. We f- yeah. like we found out that they were doing the protest at City Hall while yeah. we were doing another one. We said, uh, "Let's do it." Yeah. And we drove right over, and it was ju- it was just insane. We you know there were cops and then news crews everywhere and just a ton of people. Then we parked illegally right there, set up our stuff right in front of the large large group of people. You know, and we're not knowing what the hell's gonna happen, and it was awesome. You know, it was like one of the everybody loved it. Every the whole huge dance circle broke out. We have we have one of. Or, in the beginning, we had one of a really cool clip where the, the bicycle protesters came by and they all started cheering while we were doing, you know. So it was really big. So that was one. And then another one was the election day in, the, in McCarran Park. Oh, that and, must have been wild. Oh, it was great, you know. And, um, you know, we would used to, we were just going that day. We didn't know they were going to announce the election. We were going to go set up across the street from there. And then we just looked over and said, look at all the fucking people in the park. And, uh, you know, we're in, I've, I was, like, adamant. Like, we're going right there. We're setting right the fuck up. Yeah. Going, you know. And we did, and it was it was awesome. We oh. made almost seven hundred dollars. We you wow, know, we, got, we got these awesome videos, and w- actually, we didn't get enough videos because so people like donate to you while you're playing. Yeah, we put a tip tip j- bar, up. and then we we put up a sign. We put our venue Venmo up and everything, and um, people really they respond. Honestly, that's the yeah. best part of this has been how well random people respond to to what we do. And like they'll they'll camp out and they'll watch, the, you know. When that's really rewarding when you set up in front of a, on a street corner, and then by the end of the of your set, there's fifty, hundred people just waiting there. They're asking you, well, "Are you guys gonna come back every week? Are you gonna come back every day?" You know that and yeah, and just like follow us. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're cool. We love all these yeah. people. You know. Yeah. And and the truth is, they don't. We had a certain number that are coming back every week. Um. But we don't like that. I, I personally, I don't like that mentality that a band's supposed to bring their following to every gig they do. Because how does that help a band grow? Mm-hmm. You want to be playing for new people all the time. So th- the great part is, I mean, and who, I, I wouldn't want to see the same band week after week, you know, personally. Even if Jimi Hendrix was coming and playing every day, I wouldn't. I, no, you don't, you can't possibly mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I kind of mean it. There's a lot, you I wouldn't want to hear him every day? Not every day. <laughs> you are like the. Sorry, I have like a bit of. I have to cough. No COVID here. <coughs> it's just normal cough. Um, like the number one New York City pop. Like it's like you're like a pop up band. It's it, that's what it's. It's like, it's like it seems like a pop up concert. Like every time yeah, you that's show up. Is, you know? uh, but that being said, like if that sort of organizational thing ever comes around where you guys are like where there's like several bands in one space, like I'm completely there. Just so you know. Oh, cool. Thank you. And I'm telling everyone to come with me. Um, In terms of these outdoor performances, I sent you this. Hopefully, you guys know what I'm talking about here. This um, open culture bill that New York City um, is uh, passed through, basically starting March 1st. It's like, yeah, you can play outside, but, you know, pay us $20, and then you get this spot, whatever. And I'm just like, is this good? Is this not good? How do you guys feel about it? That's how I feel. And we don't know. Oh, yeah, they're worried I'm just going to go crazy when you ask this question. But, you know, it's basically like, are we going to have to ask permission to do what we're already doing? Are we going to have to get on a sign-up sheet now? And, like, is it going to put? Is it going to change the dynamic of what I was kind of saying before, where a band will succeed based only on how good they are and not how they're uh, whatever promotional tactics. Who can pay $20. Yeah, or, you know, or who gets in line first and prioritizes yeah. all, the, all the crap. I don't know, what so do you guys think? A bit of what Ryan was saying and thinking, well, if it's going to be monetized, then people, will it also put people off? 
I don't know that they're going to make the people pay that are watching. I could be wrong. So they might be paid outdoor shows. I'm not they sure. They said ticketed. They were saying ticketed. Oh, they're ticketed. Yeah, so people ticketed. have to pay to see you too. Yeah. This is going to try and replicate like how the venues were before this, which is what we always struggled with for like personally and Ryan for like five five and a half years. My question is, is like what I couldn't parse out was like, well, what is the band getting? Like, are they getting a cut? Yeah, that's a good that's question. question. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because I mean, we're sus suspicious just knowing how things always are anyway, you know? It's so. like dance, monkey dance, and yeah. they collect all the Oh, yeah, money. that's how it always is. I mean, we even got invited to do something recently, and it's, there. you know, they're right away, they're like, um, I didn't ask at first, but they're saying it's a charitable event. We're giving it to the money to our artists and venues to get the music scene back and going. I said, so what, are you going to pay us? They're like, no, we're giving the money to charity to the art. I'm like, what the fuck are we? <laughs> you know, we're the goddamn band that's coming to play. We're not going to, you know, we need to get paid. Are you, you know? Could we also yes. pay it? Yeah. And uh, I really haven't followed up with that since finding out about it. And, uh, and we love that option that we just, you know, screw it. We'll just go do it on our own. Yeah. We don't need to fucking well, you you like I you you could pull seven hundred dollars and like. Well, that was a specific day. That's that was, like stripper money. Yeah. It right? took you I like know. what? We're, we're as valuable as strippers to society. I mean, how many hours? Day. How many hours? We played maybe four. Hours. Yeah, we played two like two hour sets. That's pretty damn good. Good job, guys. Um, let me ask you this: Do you would you? I haven't picked up on this in your music, but I don't know. Something you said earlier makes me want to ask this. I forget what you said. But uh, do you ever foresee your politicizing your music or not, and why? We avoid it because we we just don't want to get we don't want to get pigeonholed in anything. We don't want to get be that. Thug, but we do. Ha I personally have to watch myself. Okay. And I do write a lot of political songs, and I have for years. For you know, and we have them anyway. We have them. Anyway. We play them, but you know, it's not like people are. Necessarily I didn't pick up on it. People don't listen to lyrics, you know. You know, and I'll. Anyway, it just doesn't it doesn't come across, and we're we're playing. You know, it's it's kind of hidden. You have to you have to think about it and look at. You know, if we put our albums out, I mean, if you go, even if you listen to some of, uh, yeah, if you listen to the Merrymakers Orchestrina albums, you hear songs like Anarchy or Blood Country, but a, a lot of other in this world, not of it. We still play that, and that's very okay. Uh, you know, saying things. And to, to to be honest, we didn't play one that I wrote right when this stuff called out started which was called The Revolution Has Been Compromised, which was a spinoff of The Revolution Has Been Televised. And I really, it was, it was super political, you know, and I really, t I, t I paraphrase everything he said, but I applied it to things today. Um, and I was very proud of it, to be honest. It was, it was pretty cool. But, it w well, t two reasons. It was hard to pull off. There's a lot of lyrics. Uh-huh. And then, um, and you have to sing it cool, you know, rap it kind of, which is very tough for me playing. Probably could have gone it, but it would have taken a lot of work. And then we were afraid to just go there. Cause, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, we don't, we like that we can kind of just not be part of it. What are your future plans? Uh, more live shows? You're going to record? Are you writing? Yeah, well, I mean, we can't catch up to our own material. We got plenty, and we are writing new stuff. Uh, we got one that we just, well, we're actually, we're incorporating new songs right now. That's what we were doing today. Is working on a couple new songs, and one of them is freshly written. Okay. From a, a week or two ago, 
and uh, hopefully we'll be playing that at Culture Lab. And I don't know, when it opens up, we like that we can keep doing this. Uh, we, of course, hope when it opens up, we'll just start getting gigs because people know who we are. And Where can people find you? Instagram right now. That's all. You know, okay. That's, and what is, and, and that inst- and that handle is? At King Crash with an okay. underscore at the end. And what is your Venmo? Where, where can people send money? Same thing. At King Crash with an underscore at the end. Okay. We don't like the underscore, but we wanted to make everything the same. Uh, and that's all that was available. You know, we had to do something. Someone had King Crash, you know, on Instagram. So we. I'm, just, I'm sure no one's judging. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's fine um all right so cool so people know where to find you i want to thank you guys again for taking the time today and thank you for doing what you do um for the love of uh live junkies music junkies like me i hope that you guys will keep going it's super important what you do we'll have links to uh king crash in our show notes so that you know where to find them Go check them out. They work super hard. They deserve it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Again, that was Ryan, Jack, and Rubio of King Crash. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did to get a glimpse of what it is like to be a band who is playing out uh, in the world in New York City right now uh, against all odds Uh, you can follow them at kingcrash underscore on Instagram where they have a lot of great content and give a heads up where you can see them next when you need a psychedelic rock fix Uh, after you've had a chance to check them out again that Venmo is at kingcrash underscore because they need a space heater Uh, I also want to bring to New Yorkers attention a few other bands that have also uh, been playing out against all odds I asked around as to who people are seeing live, and I have a few more recommendations here. Again, following on Instagram is the best way to keep updated, and I'll have handles in the show notes. Uh, Dark Sky Hustlers, who are at dark underscore sky underscore hustlers. This is a jazzy funk trio, guitar, drum, sax, uh, that uh, I'm told plays around in Brooklyn and in Central Park. Uh, So that's an option, and then... Uh, Pink Louds, and that's at P-I-N-C-L-O-U-D-S. Pin, it would look like Pin Clouds. Uh, Punk with a world music twist, I am told. Uh, playing Tompkins mainly, but also elsewhere, so follow them for details. And lastly, but not leastly, a favorite of mine that I've seen a couple of times, Alegba and Friends, and that is led by Alegba Jayile. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. This band has a pretty broad range. We've got a mix of jazz, Haitian rhythms, R&B, funk, bossa nova. And they're a lot of fun. Just a really upbeat energy, real positive, great crowd. This band is a staple at the Prospect Park Boathouse. Like, they play there quite frequently, weather permitting right now. Um, Hopefully we only have a couple more months of winter left and we'll be able to see them much more frequently. Um, But you can find them on Instagram at Alegba and Friends, A-L-E-G-B-A-A-N-D-F-R-I-N-D-S, and the same on Facebook to get the jump on when they're playing out. So there's a few more recommendations for you. Again, follow this show at High Decibels Pod, uh, Instagram, uh, Reddit, Facebook. Uh, Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Send me a DM. Say hi. Tell your friends about us. 
So uh, here's to ironing out audio shit for next time. And speaking of next time, we'll have another episode for you featuring more DJs soon. So stay tuned for that. Closing out here with King Crash's Bad Like Me. This has been another episode of High Decibels. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>